0: Get into the notes. Last week, we talked about the soul or strengthening the soul. Today, I want to talk about strengthening your mind. Strengthening your mind because we believe that a strong you is going to lead to a strong year. And um, so here here it is. Let's dive in. Mental health. Mental health has to do with uh, the emotional, uh, your psychological, and your social well being. And uh, mental health affects how you feel, how you think, and how you act. So what I know is, is that uh, the past 21 to 22 months or so have not been kind to many of us. It's been a rough, rough journey, um, be it illness or uh, challenges, job challenges, relationship challenges. A lot of us have had to make transitions. We've had to move and Just a lot of different things over the past two years. It's been tough. And I'm grateful for those of you who have have had a strong two years. Some people have had an amazing two years. You've grown. Everything around you grows. Everything you touch grows. But we know, for the most part, most of us have have struggled. Uh, There was a study that came out by Mental Health America. And it said that the number of people looking for help with anxiety and depression has skyrocketed. From the year 2020 through 2021, um, anxiety screenings or screens for anxiety uh, increased 93%. 93%. It's a lot. And screenings for depression increase 62%. Uh, you know, anxiety is when you feel man, like things are just out of your control and, and, and you, can't, you can't get your, your bearings right. You can't get stable. You just feel anxious depression is this this idea of a, a a gloom has come upon you there's hopelessness that has set in and these things have increased drastically over the past 2 years and they also said that the top worries of America three three things that we worry about the most now are uh, financial instability um future instability people just don't they don't know most people we're afraid to dream. We're afraid to aspire. We're afraid to give any effort, real effort towards anything because we're afraid that it won't come to anything. You know, and so the, the fear is a future instability. We just don't know. And then this one really broke my heart. The, the, the third top fear of Americans is uh, future pandemics. And um, I struggle to to be uh, empathetic about that one because I understand and I know and, and, and this is my job to help you. I understand that pandemics aren't the will of God. So to normalize something like pandemics, there's something sick about that. To think that this is like the new norm, right? But when you read the scripture and when God created man, he, he, he created, he said, everything is good. He said, everything is amazing. And I've given you the world to have dominion. And, and I want you to thrive, and I want you to prosper, and I want you to be blessed. So for it to get so deep in the psyche, and it's only taken 21 months for it to set into our psyches that this is the norm. There's something not natural about that, and it's not godly. And if I can go a bit deeper, it's demonic. That's good. That's good. And so my job is to kind of help lift the fear and lift the anxiety that is so prevalent in our lives and in society right now. And uh, help us to understand that there is a better way, and you can dream, and you can aspire, and you shouldn't put your dreams on hold. You shouldn't hold back and, and, and rest into mediocrity and just be average and to kind of just wait on someone to set you free and to say it's okay to dream again. But it's my job to inspire you um, to have a better hope. Now, where we are, though, as a society, is pretty commonplace. Someone say commonplace. Commonplace. Um, This is nothing new. Um, Ever since the fall of man, we have experienced down seasons as a society, up, down, up. It's just kind of the way that it goes. And um, what I do know is that there's a spiritual reality that we can't sense with our natural senses. And there's an entity that exists over this world, in which Jesus, your Lord, your Savior, the Creator of the universe, said, "There's the ruler of this world." Yes. He gave him that title, lower, lowercase r, and he, he, he and so he's he's the one that's kind of driving all of the the fear and and the anxiety and and, and pressing in on the the depression and, and the confusion. He's the one that's really. Driving it, uh, even Paul, the greatest apostle, the greatest preacher, the greatest pastor to ever live, who wrote uh, much of your New Testament, Paul Paul calls him the God of this world. So that's the lowercase g, the God of this world. He he runs the world systems. He runs the the world values. And Jesus said that um the the, the power of Satan is sin and death. And 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 so. When, when Adam and Eve fell, his whole mode of operation was to get us to a place where we were constantly fearful and, and uncertain about the future. When God had already promised us in Genesis that you're going to reign and it's going to be great. And so uh, what I'm saying is, is, if you would peel back the layers and look spiritually, there's something a bit deeper going on. And uh, one, one thing I do know is when it comes to, to, to mental health. I do know that isolation is not uh, the answer. And far too many of us have been isolated over the past two years. Rightfully so. We want to stay safe and we don't want to get sick. And this is the one that really annoys me. It might sound mean if, I, you know, I'm going to say this though. but we don't want to die. But that doesn't make sense either. And that's been the number one tool used to separate people is if you get sick, you're going to die, which also doesn't make sense. When it's 99.98%. You're going to survive it. None of it really makes sense. And the reason the death one doesn't make sense is because Jesus came. He lived a sinless life. He went up on the cross. He went into the grave. And on the third day he got up so that you and I don't ever have to experience death. So even if I die, it's just a doorway back to my father. So what's the point of fearing what Jesus has already taken care of? That's, good. That's a good word. Don't make sense. If you get it, you'll die. Great, I'm in a better place. Come on, give me some fire emojis, some hand claps on Facebook. If you know I'm telling the truth shame the devil. Yeah, I was in the barbershop the other day and you just my barber, no, I'm countercultural, go against the grain. I'm a prophet, man. I don't care. I don't care at all. Oh, you know, I start talking. That joker went back to doing his job when I got through with him. I'm a preacher. You cannot talk me. That's 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 part of the problem, but There's a verse in Hebrews 10 that says um, neglect not the gathering and the coming together, but motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And then the author of Hebrews is very specific. He says, as some people do, don't neglect the gathering as some people do. And then he says, but motivate each other into acts of love and good works and encourage each other as the day of his return draws near. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. Christ is coming back. What's crazy is this, is that the closer we get to his return, the more desperate the spirit of separation gets. So I remember when we were 25% in Montgomery County and they said, you can churches can come back, businesses can open up. We opened. When we were 50%, we came back. 75, We came. when it's fully open, we came back. Why, why did y'all do that? Because we're going to follow the word of God, God before we follow the word of man. God said, don't neglect the gathering. The spirit that rules this world wants to separate you so that Satan can have a playground in your mind. Grandma used to say an idle mind is the devil's playground. Go back to Genesis. As soon as God blessed them and he said, multiply and be fruitful, and, and I'm with you. And, and and for the first 400 years of, of mankind's existence, we didn't have to call on the name of the Lord because he walked with us in the garden during the cool of the day all the time. He was always there. And it was when, when Eve and Adam separated Adam was doing his thing, Eve was doing her thing that's when Satan started to speak and he used the tactic of fear. He said, God is keeping something away from you. So she became fearful. And he said, if you bite this fruit, I promise you will know as God knows. But it was a trap and he had her alone. And so what I do know is that if you're going to be strong mentally, you can't do this thing called life alone. And that the more the spirit of separation presses in, the more we got to lean into each other. Mm. So, 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 so uh, the, the apostle Peter, who was one of Jesus's y'all. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm all right. The apostle Peter, who was one of Jesus's uh, top three disciples. Um, he, he wrote two letters to the church. Uh, this is after Christ ascended into heaven. And so the church was being spread abroad across Rome. Uh, because a a fire had broken out, and the emperor Nero um, blamed this small group of people who were turning the world upside down. Nero blamed Christians for this fire that happened in Rome. And as a result, Christians were being arrested. They were being thrown in prison. Um, It got so bad to where the bodies of Christians, the dead bodies of Christians were being put up, uh, a a city light in, in in the city square. And they would set them on flame and, and put them in a torch and, and burning as, as city lights. And so they started to spread all across Rome and other nations. And this is a good thing sometimes for the church to go through hard times because it allows the gospel to get out into the world. Yeah. And so Peter writes them to encourage them. And he says this in First Peter chapter 1, verse 13. I love it. And I believe that this is what God is saying to us in this season. He says this here. So prepare... Your minds for action and exercise self control. Someone say prepare. Prayer. Someone say minds. Mind. Prepare your mind. Someone say minds. Mind. Mm. So we have a part to play in strengthening ourselves mentally. Peter says you must prepare your minds and exercise self-control. Here it is. Put all your hope. Someone say hope and the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. I've been telling my wife a lot lately that we have to stop trying to hold on to this dying world. And we got to stop killing ourselves mentally. There's one word that kills us mentally. And I want us to change it. I want us to change this word, exchange this word for a new word. But there's one word that kills our mental health. And that is the word why. Someone say why. Why? Mm -hmm. And we need to exchange it for the word what. So here it is. Not God. Why is this happening? But the question needs to become, Lord, what are you doing in me? What are you doing in me? Why, why Pastor Josh? Because we can't, we can't control it it's out of control at this point there are too many opinions there are too many of the wrong people in places of, of of power and 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 there are too many too many disagreements and and everyone wants to say that everything is subjective and 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 but that's subjective and that's not true and and that doesn't make sense because we don't agree on that and we don't agree on that and you got to stop asking why because people are inconsistent, the worldly system is inconsistent, the worldly values are inconsistent, and you got to stop asking why. And here it is: this is. I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer or a gloom doom prophet, but this is the deal: this world is dying. And so Peter says, "Prepare your minds for action, and put all of your hope." And the gracious salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because one day he's going to return. And one day we won't have to worry about any of this nonsense. And and, and he's going to make it all good. But in the meantime, someone say in the meantime, prepare your minds. Because in the early church, they always believed that he was coming back. Like he was coming back. So what Christians would do is they would just sit there. They go home, they come back to church, sit there. They go home, come back to church, sit there. And what would happen in the early church is they would deal with depression and just. But Peter says, prepare your mind. Someone say prepare your minds. Prepare, mind. prepare your mind. So I want to give you five ways to strengthen the mind. I got 15 minutes. Y'all okay? Yes. All right. The first way you're going to strengthen the mind this year is healthy community. Healthy community. It says people screening for mental health conditions are struggling the most with loneliness. Then they're experiencing moderate to severe symptoms of anxiety or depression. Loneliness, y'all. As a matter of fact, the former uh, CDC director, before he, he, uh, he got out, Redfield, he said that there are a few issues that are greater than that of COVID. He says, particularly in 18 to 25-year-olds, he says that suicide has caused more deaths in that age group than COVID. This was the former CDC director in 2020. 70% reported that one of the top three things contributing to their mental health concerns was loneliness. Loneliness. And I'll tell you why here it is, because in Genesis 2, it says this Genesis two eighteen. Then the Lord said, here it is. It is not good for the man to be alone. It is not good. God, God created everything. He said, it is all good. It is all great. It is amazing. It is good. He created Adam. He formed Adam. He breathed the breath of life into Adam. Adam became a living soul. He looked at him and he said, but that's not good for him to be alone way back in Genesis. Way back in the beginning, God is saying, when you go to the doctor, the first thing that they should address in your life is, do you have healthy community? Not throw a pill at you. Oh, come on. And you, you, I get it. We need our medicines. But there is a more holistic approach to this thing. And it goes way back to the garden. He said, it is not good for the man to be alone. And then he provides the solution. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the problem is loneliness. But God is so good and he's so loving and he's so kind that he's provided a community. So that you don't have to be alone. And I want to give you some signs of loneliness real quick. Go ahead and write these down. How do I know if I'm lonely, Josh? What what, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Well, number one, if you're isolated for long periods. If you're isolated for long periods of time, you're lonely. You you, you may go to work and you may live with your family. But if you're constantly in your corner and in your room. On your phone, on your computer, on your tablet, that's loneliness. And then the second sign of loneliness is your conversations lack depth. Your conversations are surface. How are you? I'm good. You want to go to a store? Yeah. You want to go shop? Yeah, you want to go to the movies? Sure, Let's go travel. Let's go to the beach. Ha 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 I'm just hot in the pain. That's <laughs> so funny, ha <laughs> We're having so much fun. Ha <laughs> ha. You're lonely. You're on a trip with six people. Ha 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 yeah, yeah, <laughs> You're lonely because as soon as the ha 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 is over. It's Here it is. Let me help you. Unhealthy community will lead to a weak mentality. Weak mentality. Like I said there's no depth, there's no prayer, there's no challenge, no accountability. You're surrounded by people who love you, but they're neutralizing you. There's no no challenge, no what you going after. Like how are we growing? How are we getting into the presence of God today? Who are we, whose life are we going to impact today? Are you going after your master's or your PhD? Uh, let's pray, girl. Girl, we got to pray this thing through. A weak and an unhealthy community structure and friendship structure will produce a weak mentality. And this is why we will buckle under a pandemic. This is why we will become weakened under a pandemic because our, our support is, is, just, it's just there. We're just existing, but there's no substance to it. Hence the opposite is true. A healthy community will lead to a strong mentality. Wow. That's good. A healthy community. A community that, that won't allow you to stay where you are. A community that looks Pandemics and issues in the face and say, we're going to grow past this thing. We're going to get stronger past this thing. We're going to defeat this thing. You're going to overcome this thing. A strong community. We're not going to let you be average or mediocre. God has a plan for your life. A community that when you're down, they're down and they're praying with you. A community that when you're celebrating, they're celebrating and they're praising God with you. A community that when you're struggling, they're struggling with you. They're carrying the burden with you. A strong, healthy community will lead to a strong mind. Amen. I know it to be true. Amen. Amen. And so I want to encourage you. You need to evaluate your friendships. Here it is. You are the average of the people you surround yourself with. If you make up a group of five, you and the other four, you're right there in the middle. You're the average. And so a lot of our issues are linked back to who are we rooted with? And what are, what are the nutrients that's getting into their soul? Right? Because if it's getting into their soul and I'm connected with them, it's getting into my soul. So so I need to ask the Lord to uproot me. I love y'all, but I need the community that's going to make me strong and I need their nutrients in my soul. And so I encourage you today to, to we have we have light group sign ups and I, I want you to sign up. Light groups are all about finding a community of great people growing in your faith. These are the people who are going to be with you when you go through crisis. And, and when you graduate and on your birthday, they're going to celebrate you. And when you when you go into the hospital, they're going to be there with you. But you can't go at this thing alone anymore. Number two, the second way to strengthen the mind is wise counsel. Y'all okay? One of the greatest pillars of mental health is wise counsel. Someone say wise counsel. Wise counsel. One of the greatest pillars of mental health is wise counsel from people who are wiser and ahead of you. If I can pass this on and encourage you, I have not had an original thought in almost two years. I've not. I've not had an original thought in two years because I intentionally put myself under those who are older than me and ahead of me. I'm 34. So I have pastors and mentors who are 44, 54, early forties, late thirties, who have been fathers, leaders, a lot longer than me. And I get under them. And I, I asked them, what do you know that I need to know? What mistakes did you make? that I can skip and let me tell you over the past two years I have not had an original thought and I was talking to my wife about this on the way to a church I said you got two options in life you either learn by wisdom or you learn by experience wow. and this has always been me since I was seven years old I knew it was something weird about me in a good way when I was seven because I'd always look at a thing and say, that's stupid. Right. Since I was seven, and I will say, stupid, capital S T U P I D, and I'll say, that's stupid. And I will say, that is stupid. And I'll say, that is stupid. I'll say, that's s- dumb, stupid. And I'll say, I'm staying away from that. Since I was seven, and I'll say, that works. Right. Wow. That makes sense. That's healthy, that's life, that's excellence, that's fun, that's clean, that's really what we all want, and I would go in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's good. It is important that you get some counsel for your life. There are two reasons why your mental strength fails. Number one is we make too many isolated decisions. We don't want to listen. Someone say, I'm hard-headed. I'm hard-headed. Y'all don't want to say that. <laughs> Come on, put it put it in the online. Put, I'm hard-headed. You know you're hard-headed. I, I used to be a little hard-headed. A little bit. We'll get the best advice. And we'll say, that sounded good. But I'm going to do it my way. And we hit a dead end. And our peace suffers. And our clarity suffers. And the second reason our mental strength fails is unwise counsel. <laughs> so you're getting it, but it's not wise. It's like my country uncle. I tell him, Uncle, I found the car. It's going to be $1,000 a month, 24% APR. And Unc is broke as a joke. He said, that's a good APR, son. You ought to get it. Someone say unwise counsel. Unwise counsel. So, and this is the thing that kills me. Uh-huh. We got someone like your pastor that loves you dearly. And you'll come ask me a question when you leave. I'm going to say, I think you should do this. Uh-huh. Thanks, pastor. Can you pray for me? Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Hey Auntie, what you think? Uh-huh. <laughs> st- st- <laughs> st- <laughs> Proverbs 15:22 Plans fail, someone say fail. For lack of counsel but with many advisors they succeed here's the takeaway God has gifted many people with the ability to give you clear direction in every area of your life people are anointed the word anointing means uh, God is rubbed and enabling on them to help you That's how much he loves you. And you're surrounded by amazing people who will pour into you. You just got to pop your top and allow them to pour into you. Financial, relational, spiritual, medicinal, fitness, wise counsel strengthens the mind. Number three, the third way to strengthen your mind is you need to make a necessary shift from time to time. You got to shift. You got to shift. Jesus has resurrected and he's visiting some of his disciples and he's letting them know, hey, I'm back and I've called you. I've given you a great calling. I've put you, I've set you apart and, and I've come to give you the spirit of God so you can fulfill your calling and your purpose. And the Bible says that he's on the shore of the beach watching the disciples because they're getting hopeless and they went back to fishing. So it says this here in John 21, Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. And they said, We'll come too. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. Someone say, All night. All they went back to their dysfunction. They went back to the thing that Jesus took them out of. And they tried to find peace and strength and prosperity and blessing there. And the Bible says they caught nothing all night. Someone say, All night all night on one side they caught nothing all night they were doing the same thing they were doing it for a week and it became six months and it became a year and it became two years all night and it says this here at dawn Jesus was standing on the beach but the disciples couldn't see who he was he called out fellows have you caught any fish no Throw your net on the right side of the boat. Shift. Shift. Throw out your net on the right side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did. Someone say they did. And they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. If you're going to be strong mentally this year, you're going to have to discern when the spirit of God is calling you to shift. Someone say shift. You're going to come on. You're going to have to learn to shift shift because there are some patterns in your life that we nurture that actually reinforce and feed our anxiety. And you may not know what they are. I'm, I'm just saying you ought to evaluate your patterns. You ought to look at your lifestyle. It's as simple as this, um, Enoch. I want to get to eight. Two plus two plus two plus one. It, hold on. Oh, that should have, that, that should have been eight. I want to get to eight two plus two plus two plus one why doesn't it come out to eight because you got to change the pattern two plus two plus two plus two equals eight if you're gonna have peace and victory and mental strength in a year like this you're going to have to learn to shift You need to evaluate your patterns. What is your morning pattern? What is your night routine? What is your diet? What is your prayer pattern? Do we just see you in church once every other three months? What are your patterns? And your patterns are either going to reinforce anxiety or they're going to reinforce peace and strength and fortitude. If you would change the pattern, you'll change the results. He said, throw it on the right side. I've been doing that all night. You've been complaining for too long. Try praising. You've been, you've been unforgiving for too long. Try forgiving. You, you've been holding on to this bad relationship for too long. Let it go. You're going to have to shift this year to get different results. You got to shift. So I'm telling the Holy Spirit, man, anything that, that mm, Holy Spirit convict me this year, yeah. wherever you need me to shift, I'm willing to obey. But you got to speak to me because I don't want to be the blockade right. to the peace you want to give and the blessings you want to bestow in my life. I'm willing to let them go. I'm willing to let that go. And I have to shift the next thing you need is a fresh dream someone say fresh dream dream. you need a fresh dream let's define it a dream is a picture of a preferred future you need a fresh dream i love king david king david was the youngest of jesse's sons and he was rejected in his own family but he had the dream to be the king of israel he had a dream he was a shepherd boy He was unnoticed, unrecognized. No one cared about him. He was just, but God saw him and he had a dream. You need a dream. Someone say dream. Dream. Jabez, when he was born, as his mom gave him birth, she named him pain. She named him pain because he had brought so much pain to her. She said, I want you to experience pain all of your life. He was rejected by his family, but he had a dream to own territory. He had a dream. Someone say dream. dream, dream, Caleb was born a slave in Egypt. He was rejected by 2 million people, him and Joshua. But God, God gave him a dream to own a mountain one day. And he got that mountain when he was 85 years old. Someone say dream. dream. You need a dream. You need an ideal to strive for be it short term or long term, you need a dream. I don't care if it's losing weight. I don't care if it's it's doing your hair next week. I don't care if it's it's starting a business. I don't care if it's growing biceps and triceps. I don't care what it is. You need a dream. Because if you don't have a dream, you're going to wake up every day and wonder, why did I get up this morning? What's the point? I got to go to work. I got to have that conversation. I got to show up on time. You need a dream, and let me help you. Let me, please, let me help you, because I think the trap we fall into is we wait. Like, we don't know what God, what what has God called me to? God hasn't spoke to me. Let me Let me encourage you. Let me set you free. Come up with anything. Just come up with something. It won't always come from God. The Bible says that David had in his heart to build the Lord a temple so that the presence of God could dwell in the temple. God did not give that aspiration to David, but the prophet came to David and said, look, the Lord has said, do whatever is in your heart. You need a fresh dream. This is why, because your peace and your mental strength will assail to the level of your dreams. If you're not dreaming for anything. So here's the steps. Write this down. You need to dream, plan, prepare, pursue. Dream, plan, prepare, pursue. Dream. Someone say dream. Dream. Someone say plan, Plan. prepare, Prepare. pursue. 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 Mm. That's why I love uh, January 2nd or 1st. My wife and I, every year now, for I would say five years, we sit down in our kitchen table, and literally, it's like an eight-hour shift. We start in the morning, we put out our planner, and we plan our entire year. We go eat lunch, we do, a, do an errand or two or whatever. We come back, and we sit down, and we, we plan out all the way through about, about 10 p.m. at night. We start around 8, we take a break, we, and, we, and we just plan. So now we wake up, and the next day has meaning. Because we know that it's not just another Tuesday, but it's another opportunity to step into the fulfillment of the dream. And when you're moving forward, your mind has no choice but to grow in the direction of the dream. Are y'all, oh, watch you at. Do you have a dream? You need it. And the fifth thing, Jason, come close me out. I'm going to preach for another two hours if you don't. I want to encourage you to release often. Release often. I was talking to a superhero in between service, the 9 a.m. and the 1045, and he admitted, he said, Pastor, that release often point is the one I'm walking away with. He said, the whole message was awesome, but he said, that release often. He said, I just stepped into some new opportunities, but I can't carry it all. And he said that I'm going to be releasing them to God. Day three of the fast, um, after uh, morning prayer, I I encourage you to get there 6.30 tomorrow morning. I went into my office. It was about uh, 7.30 or so. And I sat down on the couch. Because many of us are fasting, and we were on an all-liquid fast. And I just felt weak. Um, and that's kind of the blessing of fasting, Enoch. It, it, it's almost like a forced humiliation. <laughs> when you fast, you're kind of like, oh. <laughs> And God's like, just humble yourself. Chill out. Humility is important. It draws the presence of God and the favor of God into your life. And so um, I sat on my couch. And it all dawned on me, like, just in that moment, like, the things I'm carrying in my mind and in my spirit. And I started to become very emotional because I felt like the odds were against me. Anyone felt like the odds or have been stacked against you these past two years at any point? Yeah, 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 yeah. We can all agree. And I said, Lord. I said, God, I... I said, I've never raised, I just started raw. I just I said, Lord, I've never raised a 13-year-old. <laughs> I said, God, I don't know what it is to even be a father to a seven-year-old boy. Lord, th- our church has never been this big. I told God, I said, Lord, I have no idea what I'm doing. And I'm scared and I'm afraid and It's heavy. And I said, God, I've never been married more than seven years. I mean, I just got all, you know, just, and the Holy Spirit said, he said, release. He said, you're still my guy, but you need to release and give it to me because what you can't carry I can't. Right. 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 Let me tell you something, Enoch. The greatest temptation that the enemy, the ruler of this world, is going to continue to tempt you with in order to keep you in a place where your mind is boggled. The greatest temptation is to live your life independent, From God. But what you have to continue to do in this life if you're going to have peace and mental strength is you have to release often and say, God, with all the troubles and the weight of success, I give it to you. It's all yours. And Peter says this. Give all your worries. Someone say all. All All your worries. And cares to God. For he cares about you. So so Peter starts out saying, prepare your mind for action. Exercise self-control. Put your hope in the fact that Jesus is coming back. But while you're preparing your mind for action, be sure To at least once a week, give all your worries and cares to God. For he cares for you. God's going to take care of it. God is going to strengthen you. God is going to go before you. God is going to provide for you. You just have to create a habit of releasing often. Let's put our hands together for the word of God hallelujah